Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been a hectic month last month. Um, I completely forgot we were recording one week. Uh, Christmas and kids just delayed us last week. It's just been crazy. And then, you know, doing uh, family stuff with my family uh, another week. So, so I got a lot to cover. Yes, we got some stuff to catch up on. Our first episode of 2023 as we enter a another year of Fire Emblem Heroes and Summoner's Call. And, and yes, December was a busy month, but we're looking to kick things off properly here in 2023. And as always, we start with the banners. We got the Weekly Revival uh, 2 banner. I don't know if that's correct. That might be a mistake on my part, but it just seems really low. But I guess it is no, the new one, year. Yeah, it just launched number two, and uh, they gave us, through the end of January a couple weeks ago, an uh, updated list of the Revival banners, uh, because I'm willing to bet at the end of January, like it has done for the past couple years, they're going to uh, pull out another handful of heroes and add them to the... Uh, pool and so we'll have another set of revival banners added onto the list yeah yes we'll have the uh bay anniversary channel likely early february that seems to be the trend so look forward to that um but yes running as well as the weekly revival 45 alongside the two banner heroes with fury goes into the fourth glorious gifts special hero revival goes into the fifth Gifts of Winter, which is a four-star special hero revival, goes into the sixth. Joining that one is Winter's Envoy, four-star special hero revival until the eighth. Legendary Heroes plus Shez goes into the ninth. Tempest Trials goes to the tenth. Holiday Handoff, the Christmas-slash-holiday-themed special heroes, goes into the fifteenth. Gods Renewed, the New Year's banner, goes into the thirty-first. And joining that one, New Year special heroes goes into the 31st as well. That's a uh, revival banner. The New Year's W special heroes. Yeah, I, I wasn't or sure what Omega it... Omega or whatever it is. Omega, yes. Yeah, I think it, I think Which that's what it is. another double banner. I feel like they've... That's a, something they're doing now, uh, or at least for the New Year's banner, where they do the last two years, and then after that, they put them back out as their own separate shorter banners because we got a bunch of new year's banners uh special hero revivals popping up here in the next couple days so yeah too many special hero banners to revive so bundling them up i think makes sense for sure yeah and we get the what is it i think you could earn up to 10 uh tickets for the omega special heroes banner yes yeah there's lots of uh free summon tickets uh, yeah, in the quest five automatically for the new year's event and then you could earn 10 from the quests i think it was mm-hmm. so. yeah yeah uh yeah. how'd your summoning go over the last couple weeks uh it's been a lot of summoning not sure what i've updated everyone on uh but in november i did get both of those ones uh which was i forget <laughs> already it's been a long time it was november it was uh ah yes veronica and embla i got both veronica and embla uh, had to look back on that one. Um, I went in that uh, Sailor and More banner. I picked up the 
uh, send it Ophelia. She was my goal. I'm pretty sure I got everyone on that banner, including Esper Sather. Uh, on the Christmas banner, I got everyone. Um, got, and I also got Chez on her banner. And on the Christmas banner, I did dive a bit deep in ten uh, plus ten Annette, uh, since she was the four star. On the New Year's banner, I did get a four star ban as well as element ash along the way and then earlier today while grinding a bit of the tempest trial i ended up sparking uh asker so everyone on that banner i might try and go for a spare ash because they got a bad um much we call them boon and bane uh so might try to spark ash clear out clear out the pity rate i got but not too shabby a lot of summoning yep yeah well it had been uh three or so weeks since we last had a Normal episode, and uh, I'm in the same boat. Lots of summoning, uh, although you know, not not a not a whole lot to report. Um, even though I have been done, doing a bit of summoning, I've I've built up a lot of orbs, and I feel like I just probably got uh, really lucky on the holiday banner. Even though I am probably going to spark, I'm just waiting for to subscribe to the Fey Pass. I th- I think I've got a couple more days left uh, before Lucina uh, rotates out, but. Um, on the holiday banner, I did summon Dorothea, and I got a five-star Annette. I know she's the four-star version uh, on the banner, but I got her at five stars. Um, I also got Harden and Elise in that banner while I was summoning. And uh, I got real lucky with the legendary uh, Shez banner and got her uh, off the banner for free from this, the free summoning tickets that were given out. Um, for, by yeah. the Black Knight for Christmas? Yeah, I know. I did not get the. I did not get the Black Knight. Um, no, no, he's the one who gave us the free. Oh, right. Tickets. Three for her banner. Three for the two. Each of the two older Christmas banners that got revivals on that day. Oh, yeah. No, I. He took over Twitter, right? That was the idea, and I, I saw that, that. That's usually. I. I don't follow Twitter much, uh, as you can tell by the amount of tweeting I do, <laughs> even for promoting stuff. So uh, that is my understanding. It's usually a character takes over Twitter for a couple weeks and does the Christmas present. So this year it was the Black Knight. I think it's usually a character that's on the banner. Uh, didn't Sothis do it one year when she was on the Christmas banner? Yeah, I remember Sothis doing it for sure. Um, yeah, so no, I, I, I did get a free legendary Shez, which I was happy about. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, other than that, I, I have not done much summoning on the New Year's banner. I think it's, like, fresh as of yesterday, as of this recording. Um, so I haven't dove in there quite yet. I, I cleared out some of my free summoning tickets. Haven't gotten anything from that yet. But, um, yeah, at this stage, I'll probably wait and see what we get for the new Special Heroes launching in just a couple of... Well, just over a week, So or just under a week, I should yep. say. Yep, uh, there's not much left on the calendar, Uh little over a week it ends on the 10th so uh but we do have another batch of special heroes as ryan mentioned launching on the 9th uh maybe to make way to clear the way for an engagement at the end of the month or just to get things back into the uh pattern of a special banner in the start of the month in a normal banner at the end of the month for you know valentine's day and all those ones throughout the next couple months uh but uh, we do have, as I mentioned earlier, a bunch of special hero revivals for all the New Year's banners coming up in the next few days. So lots of free summons coming your way. 
Looking forward to it. And I was talking about the Fae Pass not too long ago, and the next Resplendent Hero that will be available to Fae Pass subscribers is Gordon Altian Archer. Uh, starting on January 10th, for Fae Pass subscribers, you'll be able to add Gordon in his new Emblean attire so to your barracks. Uh, <laughs> look forward to Gordon, the Resplendent uh, Hero version, very soon. Uh, I mean, I mean, I know Gordon isn't everyone's favorite hero, um, but he looks okay, I suppose, in Emily in attire. Probably better than than his normal uh, attire because he he was in the game since probably year one, I would think. Yeah, pretty sure he was a launch hero, if not early one. But I should have yeah, done this fine. earlier. I was gonna pull him up, see what he looks like. Although uh, game press. Game press isn't loading fast enough. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, his original art is is pretty like it's pretty standard Fire Emblem. So I mean, yeah, it looks good. Looks good. So there you go. The next Resplendent hero after Lucina will be Gordon available, starting on the tenth for those that are subscribers to Fate Pass. Uh, all right. What do we got next? Yes, I realized I gave this uh, this next one to me as well. We have the new special heroes. The holiday handoff. Now you may be wondering, talking about Christmas and, and New Year's, that's that that is a that is not something you're supposed to do. Uh well we're we're a bit behind and uh these heroes are still available for at least another week and a bit. So you've got plenty of time after we discuss the new heroes. The holidays were here, still here, depending on if you take an extended holiday break, but Fire Emblem Heroes has added brand new special heroes from the Tellius series. Three Hopes, another shout out to a Warriors game, the only one that exists, according to Intelligent Systems, um, and Awakening slash Fates with the new duo hero for the holiday handoff banner. And, uh, oh, and an original content hero too. The Tempest Trials for this banner also marks the end of the Life and Death special story, uh, the special story series. And guess what, Eddie? The good guys won, the bad guys lost. What? No, close. that never happens. Yeah, it was very close, but it happened. Um, it turns out Amir's sacrifice was uh, was was what saved the day. And Air learned the true power of Christmas and was able to defeat uh, Ganglot. I, I just I almost forgot the, the name of the bad guy, but then I remembered it. So close one. Yep. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> well, on that banner, we have Black Knight, the Knight's Blade, uh, the Christmas or the Twitter uh, takeover guy himself. Joining from the Telia series is the Black Knight, uh, gets a Christmas version as a green armored axe unit. He wields Solemn Axe, which boosts a special trigger. Uh, at the start of combat, if he has more than 25% health, he grants attack, speed, defense res to, him during, to himself during combat. And also, if his attack can trigger their special, the following facts were, will occur based on the foe's HP at start of combat. If greater than uh, 20%, reduces damage from foe's first attack by 40%. If at greater than 40%, it also reduces foe's attack speed by 25% and foe's attack at the start of combat. Uh, at the start of combat by 8. Um, no, wait. Oh, that, okay. Hold on. Sorry. I didn't fully read this one through, so it's a confusing way they read it here. Reduces foe attack speed by 25% of foe's attack at start of combat. I don't know why there's a random negative 8 here. 
And if it's greater than 60%, it neutralizes effects that guarantee foes follow-up attack. Sorry, follow-up attacks during combat. Uh, he does have a new Tier 4 skill, uh, which is a Tier 4 version of Special Fighter. Uh, sorry, Special Fighter 4, uh, which at the start of combat, if his HP is greater than 40%, grants Special Cooldown Charge plus 1 to unit and inflicts Special Cooldown Charge minus 1 on foe per attack. Only highest value is applied, does not stack, and it reduces the effects of deep wounds by 50% during combat. Also, if uses if unit deals damage to foe, using a special restores 30% of his HP, or 30% of the damage dealt, restores HP equal to 30% of the damage dealt, not counting AoE specials. Uh, he comes with his unique Black Luna special skill, as well as uh, Distant Dart, uh, D in D slash R or defense res far, far save. So save your unit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking. I still can't figure out what the negative eight there is for. Mystery. It's a mystery. Uh, I'll say this about the hero. Uh, I'm just taking a good look at uh, uh, the hero now, and and I, I mean he's got the he's got the snow on the armor. It's very festive. He's carrying a, a bag of gifts. What I assume is a bag of gifts. It's not at all a bag of, uh, of, of, I mean, was he evil? He's a bad guy, right? Uh, yes and no. I th- he's a bad guy in the first game. In, in the second one, I believe, uh, when he's as Zelgius, he's not bad, or he was doing it all for a specific reason, and maybe the people directing him were bad. I don't remember. He shows up as Zelgius later. I don't know if he's still bad or as good as Zelgius. Yeah. I know Telly's uh, series is a bit of a yeah. it's a bit of a, a, so, a wild card for us, but yeah, l- looking through it, I think it's just a weird way they wrote it. I think it's the case of it takes uh, you know twenty five percent of the attack, foe's attack and speed, or twenty five percent of the foe's attack minus eight, and reduces that from the attack foe's attack and speed. They just wrote it weirdly, uh, so it's like you know if he has. 40 attack, it takes 10 minus 8 and does negative 2 damage to reduces by 2. Or if he has 48, it, you know, I don't know for sure. But max 10, minimum of 0. So, hmm. just written really weird and hard to understand because the way they write it. Yes. <laughs> no parentheses to tell you what the negative 8 is for. <laughs> just to keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our next hero is Dorothea, Yuletide Dancer. Dorothea receives another special version, but it's the Dorothea from Three Hopes this time around. Dorothea is a red tome cavalry hero wielding sevenfold gifts, which grants speed plus three. If sing or dance is used, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus six, and the following status to target ally for one turn. If unit initiates combat, unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. At start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants attack slash speed plus 6 to unit during combat. She has no new skills, which is odd, as she's not the 4-star hero on the banner. But rounding out her kit is Sing as an assist, S slash R far trace 3 in the B slot, and infinite, I'm assuming that's short for infinite, uh, speed tactic in the C slot. So okay, her having that, I believe it stands for infantry, which is weird because she is not infantry, right? So it throws me off. 
It is infantry. Usually something like that is infantry. Yeah, so the skill yeah. is, uh, it is a four-tier skill. Uh, at start of turn, grant speed plus six to allies within two spaces for one turn, and null follow-up to infantry allies within two spaces, granted only if number of that allies movement type on current team is less than or equal to two. Okay. So yeah, she gives a buff to infantry units. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but I mean, like this is another example and, and our next year as well as another example of, uh, intelligent systems continuing to acknowledge that the warriors games are, are not to be, to be thrown in the bin. And I mean, we've, we talked about this before, like it is a continuation or at least a connection to three houses directly with telling like another set of stories within that world. So it's not necessarily surprising for them to use it to go back to the three houses well, but... I mean, if anything, I'd say they're doing it because it allows them to go back to the three houses well without fully bringing in the academy arc or the war arc units yet. Yeah, I do wonder why they're avoiding those heroes because they, you know, they do look so cool, to be honest, like the upgraded versions of those, of of the academy arc, right? I mean, I think part of it is that they're still working their way through all academy outfits for the students and maybe they don't want to do three houses war arc until other than special version special reasons until they've done all of those but you know hard to say for sure yeah but you know i'm not complaining a ton because we have a net festive helper here and she was one of my one of the ones my favorites in the game uh hard to pick in that game but Definitely nice to have another Annette here. Uh, she's another Three Hopes version in the continuation of the Deceptive Armor fashion trend. Uh, she is a armored colorless bow unit in the four-star focus unit on the banner. She wields the Peppy Bow Plus, which, as with all bows, is effective against flying foes. At the start of combat, if her HP is greater than 25%, it inflicts attack defense minus 5 on foe during combat, and foe cannot make a follow-up attack. As a four-star unit, she does have no new skills, but does come with Moonbow, Attack Res Ideal, and Crafty Fighter. And you mentioned it was surprising that Dorothea didn't have any new skills, but that's not horribly uncommon. A lot of times there's uh, the duo hero, one or and or ascended hero. Uh, well, there's usually the duo hero, an ascended hero. Well, sorry. Special banners usually have a duo hero, a featured hero and then a kind of back burner five star only hero and then the four star unit sometimes the back burner will have a new skill but there are times when the you know i call it back burner but you know what i mean kind of know what i'm saying the yeah yeah the one who would be a four star unit if they were willing to do two four star units on the banner yeah there's usually one that's obvious that and sadly dorothea got that although she's a pretty decent unit it's just nothing amazing in the skill category. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's a good point. Yeah, and um, and and as you said, it's nice. It's nice that we uh that we get another uh, another version of Annette in the game. I don't know if she has other versions in the game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. We have her academy one, and I think at least one special. Hard to say for sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, definitely an Academy, uh, arc for sure. Uh, what is our next hero here? Uh, our duo hero for the banner. We have Cordelia plus Selena 
unyielding snow. Uh, here's Cordelia, the Elysian Pegasus Knight, and Selina, a mercenary in the employ of Nor. The harmonized duo hero of the banner, Cordelia plus Selina, are a lance-flying duo hero wielding inser- inseverable spear. Accelerate special trigger cooldown count minus one. At start of turn, if unit is within two spaces of an ally, grants the following effects to unit and allies within two spaces of unit for one turn. Unit can move to a space adjacent to an ally within two spaces and dual strike. If unit initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash speed plus six and special cooldown charge plus one to unit per attack during combat. Only the highest value is applied and does not stack. They have a new skill in the C slot called Defense Slash Resistance Hold, which inflicts Defense Slash Resistance minus 4 on foes within 3 spaces during combat. Rounding out their kit is Gale Force as a special, Attack Slash Speed Clash 4 in the A slot, and Flow Guard 3 in the B slot. Their Harmonized skill grants Attack Slash Speed plus 6, Resonance Blades, and Treachery to unit, and allies from the same titles as unit for one turn. Uh, so the duo hero here, uh, you've got Awakening and Fates, classic pairing of 3DS, uh, classics, I guess you could, can you say that now since you're unable to buy them <laughs> on the store? Shouldn't say that, shouldn't rub that in, right? Um, I mean, I think you can still technically buy them for another month or so. Oh, okay. So they're not quite like classics March yet. that they said they're getting pulled off, the store shutting down fully. Yeah, I think you're right. So. Still insane for that to be a thing, but uh, yeah, you do you, Nintendo, I guess. Yep, and I was looking through, and it looks like um, this is our second Annette, not a third, but Uh, we do have the young Annette in there already with Mm -hmm. her, uh, what do they call it, her specialized weapon crusher from the game. Crusher. Um. Well, yeah, this duo hero looks really cool. And I mean, the idea here is yes. basically Cordelia and... It's a mother-daughter duo. Yeah, but they're from, from different, different games. games. Because they had that weird thing where uh, Elaine, uh what was her original name? Severa, and... Oh, the third one. Laszlo. Uh, it's Inigo. Went over to Fates at some point. And then, as we saw last week, or last banner, in the Sather banner, I think it was the Sather banner, or the one before that, uh, we had Caldori, or Caladori, as they were calling her, who it is looks identical to Cordelia. Yeah. Okay, so is Severa, Severa is Cordelia's daughter in Awakening. Yeah, Severa is Cordelia's daughter in Awakening. She showed up as Selena in Fates, and in Fates, they did confirm that her Odin... In Laszlo are actually Severa, Elaine, and Inigo. Really? Uh, yes. On the Hoshidan side, it might have been like a side, a downloadable thing or something, or a side thing where you find it out. I might have been an A A or S support that you found it out. But in on the Hoshidan side in that game, there was Subaki's uh, Subaki's uh, daughter. Kaldori, who we got this week. This week, uh, then there were like two other children that look identical to um, Fate's care or Awakening characters and have similar personalities to Awakening characters. Although Kaldori is more unconfident because of her perfect father, but far 
you know, more perfection, a perfectionist trying to live up to her perfect father's ideal. I forget who the other two, but there were two other uh, Fates kids who looked identical to Awakening kids. Hmm. So it was a weird little twist around that they did there. Interesting. Yeah. We don't often get sequels, but we often get weird connections that uh, that are, that are present in these games. So that's really cool. So um, Asugi, who is looks like Gaius in the same letters in his name, Kalidori, and Rajat, who is Tharja. Right. We already have Rajat and Tharja, but the same exact letters in their name and look identical to the Fates versions, but are technically different. Or unless there's something that the Fates versions are not telling us. But it's interesting. It was actually kind of a weird, interesting thing, is that you could have had Severa be uh, Keldori's mother. Because in, um, I think, Revelations, you could marry Subaki to Severa. Or Selina. But Would that cause like a time paradox problem? Well, seeing as technically, as far as we know, Keldori is not Cordelia, I guess not. But, you <laughs> Who know. Knows? Uh, but we do have one more unit with uh, that came with the Christmas stuff, which is Bruno, the Masked Reveler. Uh, Ryan's obsession with giving me the armored units on this banner continues, as we also have Bruno joining us as the Tempest Trial unit in a green armored tome unit. And he is from... Uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, in case you were wondering, yeah, somehow and somehow didn't know. Uh, he wields the Peppy Cane Plus, which at the start of combat, if he has 25% or more health, inflicts attack res minus 5 on foe during combat, and foe cannot make a follow-up attack. As a Tempest Trial unit, he has no new skills, but does come with reciprocal aid, fury, and threat attack res. Uh... And... He was featured in the little side story during the Tempest Trial, where uh, uh, Alphonse and Sharina had r- heard rumors he was being a uh, Winter Festival, you know, gift deliverer, and he was sneaking around behind them doing it. Yeah, he was in the as you said. I, I think you were, you were mentioning you were referencing the it was the holiday chibi video from last year that he was in the background. Uh, maybe, but I was more referring to the side story in the Tempest Trial. Um, they had the life and death stuff, but in the background, uh, on like every two or three days, they would give another portion of a little bit of story based on the uh, some of the other characters of the banner that came out around it. And since this was the Christmas banner, it was about Alphonse and Shreno hearing rumors of uh, Bruno or uh, Zacharias being a winter envoy. And him being a winter envoy, but hiding from them and doing it behind while they couldn't find him. Yes. Like Santa does all the time, right? Sure, we'll go with that. Confirm. Bruno is Santa. Um, well, there you go. Just uh, it, That's the holiday banner. That's the, the Christmas holiday-themed banner. Uh, it feels Again, feels weird to talk about these heroes uh, so late, but uh, there they are. I hope everyone was able to summon their favorites. And if you haven't, you still have about 12 to 13 days to do so. Yes, it is Christmas confirmed. It is Christmas till mid-January. So there you go. Um, 
Uh, next up, we have uh, we have a slight diversion from Special Heroes as we talk about the legendary hero that launched uh, just uh, in the la- last couple days. Or no, it's been a week. They they launched it early due to the due to the holidays. The game yep. usually takes a bit of a week off, I think, and they launched um, the. I can't remember if it was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but that's when they launched it. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got the legendary hero Shez and the legendary banner that is still running and will be running for a little bit longer. Uh, on the red orb, you have legendary Lelina, legendary Sigurd, and brave Seleth. Then on the blue orb, you have legendary Mur, brave Krom, and uh, legendary Shez. On the green orb, you have brave Tiki, legendary Ninian, and Seor. Uh, oh, you know Sayor. what? Yeah, I know. I was just about to say, no, I made this mistake when I recorded the mini and I had to go back and re-record it. Sather, thank you so much. Um, oh, when I don't have Eddie oh, here, yeah. I have to go back and re-record my mistakes because yeah. it, it was Sather, or no, it is Sather, and it was Sayor. It is Sather. And, and right. uh, it's, it's not like the Fae Channel gave us a uh, pronunci- pronunciation right there for us. Oh, wait, that's exactly what it did. I know, and that's that's why I went back in there and and uh, fixed it because I was like I was. Anyways, uh, on the color list you have legendary Claude, uh, Medius, and Brave Byleth, the female version. Going on a side tangent with Sather and um, uh, what is her sister's name or the one she's trying to save? Uh, shows how much I remember, but uh, well, it's probably just over here in the in the other notes here. It's uh, yeah. oh. Don't sister uh Hather. Yeah, Hather and the villain, uh what's the villain's name? Golvig. Golvig are considered to be or speculated to be the same person. Or maybe it was Golvig and Sather, but I think it was Hather and so- Golvig are often questioned to be the same person, so I'm wondering if that'll tie into the story that we're getting or not. Well, I know that uh we didn't get a chance but- to talk about it, but I know that they've they're kind of playing with time travel a little bit and like having yeah, a story you start with you start with the end episode where you lose apparently then you jump back to ep- chapter five and who knows where we're going to go next yeah so, i find that kind of I, I, we've been doing this long enough that i think it's it's a it's an interesting experiment for them to to play around with and i think that uh yep. They've they've done some interesting stuff with story in the last couple of years with introducing more story into the Tempest Trials with special events and and now yep. looking at reinventing the story. I mean, it's just it's just time travel stuff like story presented I mean, in a different. I'm not sure this is a complete reinvention of story. It's just the villain we're facing is time related, so they're messing around with time. Yeah. In this, so which I think but, is cool. Yep, having been relegated to the three to four. Uh, of course, we have. As we mentioned, Legendary Shez, Sharpest Blades, is the hero. Having been relegated to three to four star pool when the uh, Three Hopes banner first entered, female Shez, uh, first entered Faye, female Shez comes back swinging as December's legendary unit in a blue infantry, fire, speed, dragger, dagger legendary unit with pair up, of course. She wields Asura Blades, which grants speed plus five. Unit attacks twice, even if foe initiates combat. Neutralizes penalties on unit during combat. If uh, and if unit speed is greater than foe speed, grants special cooldown charge plus one to unit prayer attack during combat. Only highest value applied does not stack, and of course has the usual dagger effect of uh, with a strength of seven. She has her legendary skill called Swift Slice, Swift Slice, 
where if unit initiates combat or if unit is within two spaces of an ally, grants plus eight to attack, speed, defense, and reses to unit during combat. If unit initiates combat against a non-dragon or non-beast infantry foe and her speed is greater than foe's speed plus 20, grants effective against all weapon types to unit during combat. Otherwise, if otherwise, if unit initiates combat and unit speed is greater than foe's speed plus 5, grants effective against all weapon types to unit during combat. So essentially she's, I guess, less effective against infantry that are not beasts or dragons. Um, she also comes with a new tier 4 skill uh, with seal speed 4, which inflicts speed minus 4 on foe during combat. If no effect neutralizes penalties to foe's speed, inflicts penalty on foe. Uh, foe's speed during combat equal to 7 minus the current penalty on the foe's speed, minimum of 0. Uh, if penalty is active on foe's speed, inflicts special cooldown charge minus 1 on foe per attack during combat. Uh, it inflicts 7 speed minus 7 on foe through its next action after combat. Uh, and she rounds out her kit with Glimmer, Tier 4, and Tier 4 attack speed oath. So, Did you did you anticipate getting a legendary Shez? Like, I, I mean, honestly, I did not anticipate this. Eventually? Because they have been pretty consistent in eventually adding um, the my primary characters of each game as legendary units. So I did expect eventually to get a legendary Shaz, just like we got legendary Byleth and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm not sure I was expecting it this quickly, you know, but... Yeah, I I guess it just comes down to the fact that the other Warriors game was, which which did clearly launch along, I think it launched alongside Fire Emblem Heroes, so it's like, maybe that's why it didn't get as much attention and, and the original heroes introduced were not as strong. Yeah, the the original characters for that game were kind of meh at best. Uh, maybe there was less interaction between the two games and or its reception was not as good as they were hoping. And then other than five, four or five characters, the entire roster was old characters, you know, mm-hmm. kind of similar to how um, uh, Sharp FE has never gotten a second banner even though there are some more characters that could be added. Tokyo Mirage Sessions has never gotten a second banner. They did one to commemorate the launch of it, and I guess since it was so... uh, The first Warrior was so close to the launch of Heroes, they didn't feel comfortable doing it then, and just it did not receive a good enough response to warrant it ever. And this one, I do believe, got a better response, had a... was a, in my opinion, infinitely better game. Because it is more of a Fire Emblem game in a Warriors style than a Warriors game with a Fire Emblem skin, if that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of similar to the way Age of Calamity was closer to a Zelda game in a Warriors style than a Warriors game with a Zelda skin, which you could say about the first one, although Fire Emblem Warriors was even in a Warriors game with a quote unquote skin, uh, X skin was disappointing since it came out after Hyrule Warriors and was more disappointing. Smaller roster, far less uh, uniqueness to all the characters, which to a degree makes sense for Fire Emblem because it's 
class-based, but they easily could have, like they did in Three Hopes, you know, they took one of my biggest arguments for complaints about uh, the first Fire Emblem Warriors in Three Hopes and ran with it in the fact that each class is unique. And yes, they are kind of like, you know, upgrades in a couple degree senses, but it's class that instead of character that creates uniqueness, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need to get back to that game and maybe this month is a good time to jump back in with new Fire Emblem coming just around the corner. But yeah, I I mean, I've been doing a bunch of uh, Pokemon stuff and had to get that Cinderace that was there over the past couple weekends, but I've been thinking about hopping back into Warriors and working on my second playthrough some more, Three Hopes. But um, we are uh, in 2023 now, and we see the heroes quit moving quickly towards the back half of it, though none of them will quite make it that far, uh, wait that long. Uh, but we do have Sigurd, Ninian, and Medeus waiting until March. Shez and Claude are not coming back until April. Murr and Sather are going to be hanging out until May, with Lena just sitting back, relaxing, taking a nice long nap until June. Sounds good. Let's let's nap it up till June. <laughs> uh, good uh, six month slumber for Lena. And uh, before we wrap up Fire Emblem Heroes, we have one more set of special heroes. This time, a little closer to home with this, celebrating. This is why we can't take long breaks like this. We have so much to cover. <laughs> it's and true. If you hadn't done, if you hadn't done those minis, we would have had even more to cover. Yeah, Although, and you know what? I I mean, we have not. I don't think we've like. I mean, maybe the listeners could re- could remind us, but I don't think we've ever skipped heroes. And uh, I'm the type of person is like I. I, I would, think I, we've had a couple more time, couple times in the past, once, once or twice, not as often as this, where you've had to cover them um, in a mini, uh, but not not as many as this one happened, and yeah. kind of made us realize something, which we're probably going to be changing up the way we do the hero reviews going on in the future. So yeah, I was going to make a, a joke that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And he was probably kicking kicking me for for not saying we'd do it this week with that uh, with with uh, right there himself who exactly. was one of the ones I exampled. But yeah, well, you know what? It's yeah. it's we're, fine. We're gonna trim it down and just focus on what we find interesting in that each hero instead of going word for word over each skill because a lot of people don't need the each skill yeah. read to them. Yeah, and if and if you're interested in the read throughs, obviously. Uh, they're they're present in many and we'll link we'll link out to each hero and that's the thing if you want to know what each hero does we usually have the links in our show notes we'll put those in in uh in the main in the podcast notes as well but um yeah i mean that is that is for next episode and and obviously if if folks prefer the readouts let us know if they prefer like the quick hits that we'll try next episode we're more than happy to take feedback for sure um oh, yeah so yeah definitely let us know but uh looking for a a snappier 2023 when it comes to covering fire emblem heroes and and fire emblem in general because we are getting a new game and it's going to be supported throughout the year yes. of 2023 yes uh, next year we might have a lot more episodes that are at least for the first few months that are you know a bit more focused on Outrealm gate instead of you know uh heroes i think at this point i think at this point we can safely say for now, Game Club is probably dead until we find some desire or time to revive it. But we've 
mostly gone through almost every game we have. So, yeah, I think Game Club has been sort of repurposed into a general game club with gamers in and playing different games. But honestly, with Fire Emblem Game Club, like Eddie said, we've done all the we've done the ones that are recent. I think there's maybe one Blazing Blade. We only did the prologue for that. So if there's a lot of outcry, we can maybe go in and start working through that one. But yeah. Uh, Yeah. And for me, I think when it comes to a Fire Emblem game club, I'd almost like I'd want to going back to our original conversation about like having, you know, in-depth conversation, in-depth readouts of the heroes versus like what we find interesting. I'd like to do that with Fire Emblem game club, too, because I think that is what also made the game club we did for for TGI game club, where we focused on milestones where we could talk about like a good chunk of gameplay as opposed to in Fire Emblem Heroes chapter by chapter is like it is literally like reading out the the bullet points right so um if it were to return it would probably be in a similar fashion where we focus more on playing the game and and less on like but I think like we'll be focusing like we did with Three Hopes like on our more on our impressions and what we thought and and how far we are and stuff like that um but we will. We do have some Fire Emblem Engage stuff to talk about before we close the show. But we do have heroes. We have more heroes. Yes. Um, twenty twenty three is here. Uh, as is tradition, the New Year's special heroes uh, pull original content heroes from the previous completed book, bringing us Ash, Elm, and an Asker plus Embla duo hero, and a random awakening set of heroes with Pan and Yarn. Although Eddie, I'm sure you're going to tell me that there is a legitimate reason that they've pulled pan and yarn in here well there is as pan straight up told you in the trailer that it is the year of the rabbit so (laughs) it makes sense to have the two rabbit beasts there you go Uh, as also the other thing is the past few years they've been doing this uh, habit of having beast units as the non uh special units i believe last year was a couple units from Tellius who were cat units because it was the year of the tiger last year. Ah, well, there you go. I mean, it's just their pattern from previous years. And yeah, it just happens the fact that it happens to be the year of rabbit. So, and I did look that up and verify that. Yeah. I didn't think she was lying, but yeah, it is coming into (laughs) the year of the rabbit. So yeah, you didn't think she was lying. (laughs) The, Fictional How hero. else do you want me to say that? You know, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. Uh, well, let's let's go over the heroes because uh, we've got we've got another five here to discuss. Uh, we'll kick things off with Ash. Earnest greetings. Ash is the retainer to Asker, the divine dragon who created our kingdom, the kingdom of Asker. She aided us in the battle against Embla, and now she's come to celebrate the new year with us. Ash is a blue beast infantry hero wielding heralding horn which accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one. If foe initiates combat or if foe's HP is greater than or equal to 75% at start of combat, grants attack plus six to unit and inflicts attack minus six on foe during combat, and also grants the following effects based on the number of allies within three spaces. If greater than or equal to one ally, if unit has weapon triangle advantage or if foe initiates combat, unit attacks twice, and if allies are uh, greater than or if greater than or equal to two allies, reduces damage from foe's first attack during combat by 40%, and if greater than or equal to three allies, foe cannot make a follow-up attack. 
She has a new skill in the A slot called Distant Reversal. Unit can counterattack regardless of foe's range. If foe initiates combat, grants defense plus 5 to unit during combat. Rounding out her kit is Bonfire as a special attack slash defense bulwark 3 in the B slot and opening retainer in the C slot. Uh, with opening retainer being Ash's, uh, I guess, skill. mythic skill? Yep. She's considered a mythic hero. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, the other side of that duo is Elm, Resolute Grouch. Uh, <laughs> with the number of new characters introduced each season, considering in considering how little he factored into the story, uh, unless I haven't gotten there and he shows up near the end, he just shows up for like one or two chapters at the beginning and then is ignored. Uh, Elm joins as the playable, the game as a playable unit finally in this New Year's banner as a flying green beast unit. He wields Fang of Finality, which accelerates special trigger. If unit, initi- if unit initiates combat, is not, ag- not adjacent to an ally, grants attack speed plus 60 unit, neutralizes effects that prevent unit's follow-up attacks, and deals damage equal to X percent of unit's speed. X is the equal to the number of foes within three spaces of the target, including the target, times 10, unit uh, during, or at blah, blah, blah. and that is during combat that it adds that speed boost of X percent. Uh, it, of course, excludes area of effect specials, max 30%. If unit is not adjacent to an ally, reduces damage from attacks uh, during combat from AoE and from AoE specials, excluding worker specials, by percentage equal to the number of foes within three spaces of target, including the target, times 20, max of 60%. At the start of the turn, if uh, it has the usual beast transformation rules, uh, and of course uh, gets an extra space of movement and attack plus two if he transforms. Uh, however, one thing to note is he has a new trace skill called Beast End Trace, which I think is for near trace since he's a physical or yeah, physical attacker, not a ranged attacker, or a melee attacker, not a ranged, which enables Kanto Rem plus one and removes the condition required to transform. So he automatically transforms, and even if he's next to a human, he can stay transformed. Uh, though it can only be given to cavalry and flying beast units. It cannot be given to infantry beast units. He also comes with Luna and Colorless Feud. Hmm. That, uh... That beast transformation skill is pretty interesting. Like, that's a pretty big... And I had him running through Tempest Trials earlier today, and yeah, he runs around completely in his beast form the whole time. Nice. That works out quite well. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, next up, we have Pan welcoming Dawn. Pan joins the New Year's celebrations from Fire Emblem Awakening. Pan is a red beast cavalry hero wielding keen rabbit fang, which accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one is effective against cavalry foes. If unit initiates combat or is not adjacent to an ally, grants attack slash speed plus 60 unit, neutralizes effects that prevent unit's follow-up attacks, reduces damage from foe's first attack by 40%, and also, if unit's speed is greater than foe's speed, grants special cooldown charge plus 1 to unit per attack during combat. Only the highest value is applied and does not stack. She has no new skills, being the four-star hero on the banner, but rounding out her kit is Luna as a special, attack slash speed clash three in the A slot, and lull speed slash defense three in the B slot. So as Eddie mentioned, the Year of the Rabbit is here, and Pan is looking to celebrate with uh, Yarn here in the banner. Um, 
Oh no, Pan's in the banner. Pan's in the banner. Oh, right, Yarn's right, right. in the Tempest Trial. Yes. I uh I really liked Pan from Awakening, so I'm I'm always happy to see her return, uh either as a new hero or a special hero. I also liked her in Awakening and nice to see her come back and fits, seeing as it is the right year for them. Uh think they're starting to run out of beast units and I don't know what next year's animal is, but who knows, maybe we'll get the appropriate one next in uh engage. But um we do have one more unit on the banner, Asker and Embla, Renewed Gods. As the unit of the banner, Asker and Embla join together as a colorless infantry tome unit. They wield Duality Vessel, which accelerates special trigger. If unit is within the three spaces of an ally, grants plus five to attack, fence, speed, and res uh, to them during combat. Unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack, inflicts special cooldown uh, charge minus one on foe per attack. Reduces damage from foes' attacks during combat by 20% of units' defense, excluding AoE specials. And also, if def- units' defense is greater than foes' defense, reduces damage from AoE specials, excluding Rooker area spe- effect specials, by a difference between the stats times 1.5. Their dual skill grants them and allies within two spaces of them, plus six to the four combat stats, attack speed, defense, res, of course. And special cooldown count minus one as well. If you use the skill refreshes at the start of every third turn, they have a new tier four infantry only skill called Defense Res Finish, which if they uh, if unit is within three spaces of an ally, grants Defense Res plus seven to unit during combat. And also if unit special is ready or unit special triggered before or during this combat deals plus five damage during combat, except with dealing except when dealing damage with AoE specials. And when unit deals damage to foe during combat, restores 7 health to unit, even if 0 damage is dealt. They round out their skills with Asker's Mythic skill, Open Domain, Bonfire, and Attack Res Tempo. We will have no problem next year, Eddie. It's the year of the dragon, so... <laughs> okay, yeah. There's a few dragons in the game. I, I, I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, Eddie was probably being sarcastic. <laughs> And then, how, oh, how will they ever find? I actually didn't know what next year is. So, you know, I know there's a year of the rat eventually coming out, and there might be a lot more uh, Lagoos in the Telia series for them to choose from. But, I mean, last year they had Liar, and I can't remember who the Tempest Trial unit was. Uh, both Cat Tribe, or Cat Tribes, which usually could be labeled to Tiger, as last year was years, Year of the Tiger. You know, yeah. we've got beasts like um ash and embla who are uh oxes or bulls because i know there's a year like that eventually Mm -hmm. but uh, there's also a year of the rat at some point so who's gonna be the rat (laughs) i don't know so i think they've got a few years but so you've got year of the dragon next year you have year of the snake the year after that so who who was uh the year before last year uh i I feel like that might have been uh Sorry, yeah, you said so the year before last year, so 2021. Yeah, the one before Tiger. Uh, it looks like it was Ox. I'm just going by, like, okay. year of the 2021. So they weren't following through them, so I guess they're fine with not following it if they don't have the units to do it, because we had uh, Kaden and um, Valoria that year. Yeah, so oh, you, you make do with what you got. Um, but the getting back to the duo hero, though, here... Is this the first time we've had Faye in the weapon? 
Um, yes and no. Okay. I feel like uh, I feel like this is the first time. So, it's hard to tell if that's an actual Fey or that's a design on the fan that he's holding. Uh, uh, but we've had other instances of face-shaped items, I'm pretty sure. That Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, it's hard to tell based on just looking at... Because like the, wing, the wings stay the same throughout most of the art until you get to the damaged art in which uh, Faye's eyes are like, oh, this is not good. Uh, complete with a little bandage there. So... Yep. It's hard but to say even if it's then a, the wings seem to stay the same more or less or pretty yeah. close to it. So it's hard to say if it's an ornament. If it, if or it if is it's... actual Faye, then I'd say it's the first time we've had Faye, but I'm pretty sure we've had someone wielding something that is Faye shaped. Yeah. But clearly a fake item. I and then also I gotta I gotta say I do get a kick out of Pan's design uh design here with her little rice rabbit. Oh. I didn't even notice that until just now. Yep. Uh, well, you know, speaking of Pan, we have our final hero here tonight, which is Yarn. Hoppy New Year. That is indeed uh, Yarn's uh, hero title. Uh, Yarn <laughs> joins his mother in the New Year's celebrations from Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, Yarn is a beast uh, blue cavalry hero wielding wary rabbit fang, which grants speed plus three. Is effective against cavalry foes. If unit initiates combat or is not adjacent to an ally, grants attack slash speed plus 60 unit during combat and inflicts penalty on foes attack slash defense during combat equal to 20% of units speed at start of combat. And also after combat, if units HP is less than or equal to 90%, grants special cooldown count minus two. Being the Tempest Trials hero of the banner, Yarn has no new skills, but rounding out his kit is Gale Force as a special Speed slash defense solo three in the A slot and threaten attack slash speed two in the C slot. Uh, yes. So Yarn um, completes the Year of the Rabbit with uh, with Pan on on the banner. So so there you go. Yep. Uh, but yeah, a good chunk of heroes, Eddie. Oh yeah, quite a few heroes with us having missed a few days and all, but. Or a few weeks and all. Yes, a few weeks. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to get back on uh, on track because uh, you know I'm I mean let's just head right into the Outrun Gate here because we have some fun stuff to talk about and we are running long. Uh, Eddie, it's been as you said a few months, and at the start of December, way back at the start of December, almost a month ago, um, they announced that Fire Emblem Engage was going to be getting an expansion pass. Are you excited to give uh, Nintendo more money? For Fire Emblem content. I'm not sure excited is the right word. Um, <laughs> Intrigued, I miss, maybe? I miss the days when some of this stuff would have been just given as free weekly things on the 3DS. Uh, but there were still expansions there as well. Uh, I'll probably be buying it day one. I'm still not thrilled with the fact that it um, does have... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, new, new characters... Day one with the um, two new rings, emblem rings, uh, with um, the emblem bracelet for Edelgard, Dimitri, and Claude. It's one emblem that all three of them are part of. And an emblem bracelet for Tiki, which you actually have to do a, a special map for, uh, if I recall correctly. Um, 
But the nice things, um, also the fact that you're getting the silver card, I think it is, early on, which is a quick early discount, and the uh, Edelgard Dimitri Claude bracelet gives you a XP boost, so quite heavy. Um, but it's nice to see that we are going to get some additional characters as more additional emblems are expected in Wave 2, uh, as well as some additional accessories. Wave 3 also has additional emblems uh, with more details coming in like kind of usual we're getting an additional story which like with the um ashen wolves story will have additional classes although not having played the game i don't know how or where the story fits in and how that will all work but we will see yeah uh so it's going to be 30 dollars us uh will be available uh, you can pre-order right now um and all the content is expected by december 31st 2023 so Fire Emblem Engage will be receiving this uh, yeah, post-launch content. Uh, post-launch content. I, I mean, it, it, DLC will be arriving uh, throughout 2023. And, and as Eddie said, like, the first wave of DLC, which in my mind is usually like, you know, a couple extra bonuses, maybe some extra items just to kind of give you a boost in yeah, gameplay. Some, some support items and to give you a boost early on in the gameplay. Uh, cosmetics, which if you go to the uh, Nintendo website, uh, you can take a look at some of the cosmetic outfits. The little skirts for the guys and aprons for the girls all look pretty nice and cute and nice little additions. Uh, you know, but the the emblems is where I'm like, if you had these ready at launch, why aren't they just part of the game? And I guess it's because their decision to make it or a free update with the game. But I guess it's because of their decision to make it that you can only have the 12 while they're not just part of the game normally. But... <laughs> yeah, you gotta buy the expansion. You can only fit 12 rings in your little case. I and mean, like I said, I wish this was free content since it's available at launch. It's, it brings to mind Mass Effect 3, or was it 2? In Three. the uh, prote- yeah. Protean at launch yep. as an add-on. add-on. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I definitely understand significant content available at launch not being included in the base game is it can feel, it, it can feel, it can feel bad, you know, it, it, like you're buying yeah. this game and then it's like, oh, you already got extra content like, available and like, yeah, like I said, the support items and the special outfits, that's cool and it's a single player game, so that doesn't affect much. It's your choice to take them and use them or ignore them. But it's just adding, if you want Claude, Edelgard, and Dimitri, you have to pay an extra 30 bucks right at launch. And since <laughs> yeah. it's Nintendo, they don't allow you to buy it separately. And I think that's my other issue. You can't buy it separately. No. I I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I, I see definitely, like, both sides of the conversation in that, like, I think the game's been, this has been talked a lot about, like, the game's been ready for a while uh, they've probably wrapped the main game and then started working on DLC and figured, hey, we have this ready. Let's make it available. Um, but because I, I understand in game design, like you have a scope for the for the main game and you, you you hit that design dock and you build the game out and then you realize like, oh, we've, we've got more time while we're doing bug testing and Q&A and translation and all that. Let's start working on the DLCs like, oh, we've got even more time. We were able to finish it. We can launch the dlc day one and you know 
a lot of people, especially when you're looking at an EA game, will say, oh, well, if this was available at launch, like it should be part of the main game. And Bioware has gone on record saying the way they implemented that DLC and the importance to the story that that character was, they did say, yes, this should have been part of the main game. It was a mistake to sell it as DLC. Uh, yep. And and I, I don't get the sense that... Fairly certain that these are not going to be important to the story. Right. So... And I did notice that they're Academy Age versions of them. I wonder if we're going to get a second bracelet with them as their War Arc Age. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Three Houses, but I, I mean, we've only got, what, four waves? I also agree that they shouldn't be part of it. <laughs> yeah. But. I, I mean, I, I'm glad that Three Houses is included, and I think it makes sense to make them the first. But... I mean, to be... To be honest, it's not a um, buy this thing. I wish they had been a, uh, if you have three houses data on your Switch, you get these th- this one. Yeah, I mean, so, like, yeah, we'll we'll obviously see. And I, and I think, uh, I think for me, I'll probably get the DLC day one just because I really, I really want to, I really enjoy the game. And I, and as you said, Eddie, like, you can't, you can't purchase these, like, separately. You kind of have to get them as a bundle. I almost always get the DLC day one. I was probably going to do it anyway, but, you know, this convinced you to consider getting it day one. And I will admit this is a gut reaction because you're getting additional emblems right away is a gut reaction to me for this. Because even in the Switch days, they've been generous in their updates. Like, um, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if Petting Cats was... Uh, behind the paywall, but there were other features that were added with each one. Um, it was uh, what's his name, Death Knight. Yeah, was added playable to a route. Yuritsa, even without the yeah, even without the DLC as just a normal update, he was added playable. There were other features added post-launch in the updates on top of the DLC. So they've still been pretty generous with this stuff, but it's still. Feels a bit sour that you have to pay for this. Yeah, they have not detailed how they're going to be supporting the game with free updates. I mean, I think it's safe to assume we'll be getting free updates in some regard. We'll be getting free updates if for no other reason than balance and, you know, error fixes that oh. pop up that they weren't expecting. But... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I but I feel like as a Fire Emblem game, um, most of the free updates are related to the story, the main campaign. Uh. I will admit that I wish they had done more um, updates for Warriors, but it doesn't look like that. That looks like that ship is probably sail. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Maybe they, they weren't do. sure how it would do after the first Fire Emblem Warriors. So if we get anything, they started it after it released. Yeah. But I, I was scrolling through Levitines. I think it's her New Year outfit. Kamadi Warrior has a Fey in it. Kind of looks, I can't tell if it's an actual Fey or a stuffed Fey on the top of her staff. <laughs> okay well that's interesting uh that's a callback um it's a closed-eyed fay but yeah yeah i was glancing through while we were switching over but yeah um but we do have other stuff going on in here uh we got some details on the hub world in the game yeah yeah, so we got the like a six minute video overview highlighting all the areas you can explore uh of the somniel which is the floating castle region that you can explore between battles. 
and lots of conversing. Uh, there's activities, there's shopping, uh, swimming, fishing. Like it, it really seems like they've taken the academy and ran with it. Yeah, probably not a completely comprehensive list, but a good deep overview in there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm I I think like this video specifically, and it's weird because I know Fire Emblem it's all about the tactical gameplay, but it's really about the characters too. And when I watched this video, I think it like it sold me even more on the game because I did enjoy that portion of Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses so much. Um, and and I think also this video highlighted like the gra- the graphics a little bit better. Like previous to this video, some of the trailers are like, oh, it looks a little rough or it looks like, you know, they didn't really do much past Three Houses. But I think with Fire Emblem Engage, with this specific overview vid- video, it seems to be presenting like a a more polished version of the game. I don't know if you caught that as well. Yeah, it definitely does. And I mean, I'm not a giant graphics one, so I wasn't as upset as many people were with the first looks. Um, but definitely looks a lot better looking now. And then there's the, um, you know, it seems to be a nice combination of the uh, monastery and three houses and the fates uh, set up where you had the castle and fates so we'll, we'll see how it turns out in the game when when it launches mm-hmm. but nice little detail uh, yeah. on top of that uh twitter has been continuing to release uh floods of details and characters and features of the game uh so many that there's not really enough time to cover them all uh, if you go to serene's forest you can find a bunch of those details uh but one thing i did notice of note is they had some discussion of the class change system, and it seems to be going back to Awakening-style things and actually almost looks to be a carbon copy of Awakening. Uh, The picture that they showed did not show going from an advanced class to a base class, and whether that would start at a higher level or, once again, go back to one, but it did show Vander changing from one advanced class to another advanced class, and his level resetting to one when he used the second seal. Um, And as with... All the past ones, a Master Seal can be used once that class is, a base class is at level 10. And classes cap out at level 20. Um, uh, like I said, it seems to be identical to Awakening in special classes like uh, Dancer. And I think the write-up said Thief was one of the ones that did not, um, that went above level 20. So that suggests Thief does not have an advanced class in the game. So no assassin that's an advanced thief or whatever. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I have not really dove into these extra details because, um, I mean, the game is out in three weeks. Yeah, I'll admit I didn't dive deep into them. I scrolled through all the updates they posted and the one on Clash Changes. I'm like, oh, I'm curious about what they're doing with that. So that's why I brought that up. Note. That was the one that caught my attention. Yeah. Yeah, I scrolled. I, I was scrolling through a lot of... Uh, Fire Emblem Engage updates on Serene's Forest, trying to find the Fire Emblem Heroes content that we needed to talk about tonight. And uh, there's a lot, a lot in between. I think uh, everyone's really excited for Fire Emblem Engage. And it's uh, interesting to think that as of this recording, the game is out in 18 days, just just over two weeks. So it won't be long, and we will certainly be discussing it here on the show. Uh, Eddie and I have even talked about committing to doing a a, uh, a summoner's call mini for first impressions yeah yeah first impressions 
Yep, since we're now doing every other week, bi-weekly, or when the world goes crazy, bi-monthly. But since we're primarily doing bi-weekly, we are uh, doing an episode the week before it launches, and I won't do another full episode until the week after it launches. So we're planning to get together on the 23rd and do a quick, you know, first impressions mini episode discussing our thoughts on it now that once it's finally out. Yeah. Yeah, it'll give us a weekend with the game. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm excited that everyone's really excited about Fire Emblem. And uh, I know when Three Houses came out, we we were all really, really excited about what that was going to bring, and I think it brought really good things to the franchise. So we will see how Engage does when it launches in just a couple weeks. Uh, but that is going to do it for our episode tonight. A good uh, chunk of content that we t- went over for Fire Emblem Heroes, but... More to come in the coming weeks. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. You can check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, Eddie at Drellfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information, and a bunch of Engage uh, content. But that is going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week. And happy summoning.